Hi, and welcome to the Unfiltered Voice podcast, a series of raw conversations with myself and other amazingly brave humans. I'm your host, Rebecca, an eternal optimist and a woman in search of true belonging. Here in this space, nothing is off limits. This podcast is designed to give myself and others the opportunity to speak out unfiltered truths and to find our lost voices. So grab a coffee, a green tea, or a chai latte, sit back, relax, and let's get started. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. I am going to start introducing the podcast with just a little recap of what I've been up to, what I've been doing, and then I will dive straight into a topic I've kind of been procrastinating on. So my little weekly recap, I guess I would say, is had a nice short week of work and had a nice long weekend up in Cairns visiting some friends and having some amazing time just reconnecting and enjoying some time with them. So I'm just going to take a nice deep breath before I kind of dive into this one. Now, this topic is not one that I have necessarily wanted to do, but kind of feel like I need to do to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone and share with you because that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. And if I'm going to ask other people or invite other people in to share their stories and be really real, I kind of figure, well, I need to show up and do the same. So I thought I would share with you this evening my story and I don't really want to even call it my story anymore because it's something that was a challenge for me. I very much sat with it for a long time and had to work through a lot of different things and I really feel like I've come out on the other side of it in a much better place and I feel like it's really made my relationships with my family a lot stronger since being able to speak about it and share kind of my um, challenges that I've had with it. And I kind of think by sharing it on this platform, it's even more daunting, I guess, because one, I'm kind of speaking about it to people that have no idea who I am. um, And it's really quite a daunting thing to kind of open yourself up to people. But it's also quite liberating as well. So I think by sharing it and by telling my story, it's allowing me to let it go that little bit further. And it's really helped shape me to who I am today. And I kind of want you to know the backstory of why this podcast is really so meaningful to me and where it's kind of all started and why I need it just as much as anyone who's listening in um, might need it as well. I guess I just want to kind of start off by sharing that this story is 100% coming from a place of love, compassion, and total understanding and acceptance now, which probably a few years ago, it definitely probably wouldn't have been. So I'm really glad I didn't get on here and share my angry story, but I can now share a place from a place of really understanding and acceptance, which is really, really nice. So I guess here goes. So a little bit of a, I guess, background of me. Very, very lucky young lady, grew up in a small town, have lots of incredible friends, live very close to family, grew up in it with a very simple life, um, mum, dad, two sisters, and kind of had everything I ever wanted and ever needed really. And also kind of felt that like, what is like, what's, there's something missing. There's something just not quite right. Um, kind of felt like that for God, a long time. And I don't know like where it originally came to me, um, but it was kind of like a progression of like just little things that kind of made me question 
a little bit. And so I eventually, you know, got to like, you know, 16. I feel like I was quite an, an angry 16-year-old, kind of rebelling a little bit from the family and kind of really felt this burning desire to ask this question. But I was like, I just can't. I can't ask it. It's going to hurt too many people. Obviously, no one's telling me these things because it's going to hurt someone and I'm going to end up hurting people. And maybe it's best if I just don't talk about it because maybe, you know, if it was that important, someone surely would have brought it up by now again. And, you know, I kind of had this spiral effect, which is kind of why 16, 17 was a bit full on for me. So anyway, I kind of pushed that to the side, moved out of um, my small town, went to Brisbane, did my university degree, you know, had the high school boyfriend that I was madly in love with, moved to Brizzy, did all of that. And then um, we broke up. I was like, I need to go find myself. And I went traveling overseas for about four months, look, took leave from work, volunteered, did Vietnam, Cambodia, India, and Nepal, you know, really spent some time finding myself and figuring out who I was outside of my relationship that I'd been in for like a really long time. And then came back and uh, got posted up to Bamiga in far north Queensland best time ever. It was amazing. Learned even more about myself, how to stand on my own two feet and kind of who I genuinely was outside of, you know, my family constructs and my friends and things like that. And whilst I was up there, I kind of was like, look, I've done all this work, you know, really figured out who I am. I did a wellness coaching course to try and figure out who I am and, you know, what to do in life and feel this sense of, you know, enlightenment and self-growth. And I was like, okay, I'm doing all of these things, but I'm still not being real, not being real with myself, not being real with my family. What is going on? What is the blocks that I'm having here? So I remember it vividly. I was sitting at the airport and I honestly couldn't even have the words. I think I was going back to, I must have been going back to Bamiga because I'd been home with my family and I was like, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask. And I didn't have the guts to do it. So I remember sitting in the airport and I text my mum because I was like, I don't have the words to ask this. I'm going to type it. I'm just going to press send. I'm going to lean into the fear. I'm just going to do it. So I press send on my message. And my message, I remember saying, just, you know, is my dad my real dad? Is my dad my biological dad? Because he definitely is my real dad. Anyway, mom then sent back, no, he's not your biological father, but he is your dad and he loves you so much. And I already knew that. I already deep down knew that, you know, dad wasn't my biological father, but he is my dad. He's always going to be my dad and I love and cherish and adore him because he's done so much for me. And it's almost an even more special relationship because he like actively chose me and actively chose to kind of take on my mom and me when I was very, very little. Um, and I still have like some memories of different things, but I kind of was like, am I making these up? Like, did I maybe watch something? And like, I've attached that to my story. So once I finally asked that question and I like put it out to mum, I was kind of overcome with so many different emotions about it. And I didn't really know how to feel. It's kind of like, I knew this was the case, but I never asked about it. So it was always like super nerve wracking for me to really put out there. And like, even now I still remember that feeling of like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is crazy. Um, so yeah. And I remember flying back up to Bamiga and, you know, mixed emotions. And I'm sure my poor mom was like, she's never going to speak to me again and stressing out and probably dad's stressing out and 
so I went back up to Bamaguer and I remember just like crying and feeling all these different emotions and I was completely there by myself and kind of dating a guy at the time and who knows what that kind of was that's a whole nother episode but um yeah I remember just thinking and sitting on it and thinking like how do I get past this like how do I move forward into this and I spent a long time not speaking with my family I remember crying my best friend and like calling my best friend like just crying and like what's going on this is crazy and like I just had never had anything happen in my life like I was such a sheltered quiet chill kid like never had any problems never had any challenges really like just lived such a blessed life and I kind of felt like everything just got tipped upside down and here I am facing like 28 years old going who the hell am I like this is just wild so yeah, I kind of took a bit of time and processed it, you know, little by little was like, okay, I'm all right with this. I can do this. This is just, you know, another piece of the puzzle to make up who I am. My family is not going to change how they feel about me. They love and adore me. However, I've got this like whole other piece of the puzzle that I know nothing about. So I kind of jumped on social media, found the person um, that is my biological father and, you know, sent him a message and he replied straight away and was like, yeah, I know exactly, you know, who you are. And that was refreshing too because I was like, you know, what if he never knew I was around? Um, And so I kind of started to have conversations back and forth and I was being like super ballsy at this stage and I was like, you know what, it's already been so long, I'm just going to jump in and meet him. Um, you know, I didn't, I don't think I even told my parents, you know, that I was doing it. I was just so selfish. I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care about anyone else. This is for me. And I think he kind of had to be selfish in that moment because I was, I never would have done it. So I met him, had coffee and it was just so awkward. Like it was so, so awkward. It was like, I don't know, trying to like connect with someone that you have never met in your entire life. But I felt like I had to kind of try and connect with him. Anyway, long story short, that relationship is now building a lot nicer and it has taken a long time and just a few you know short you know meetings every now and then and getting to know you know his side of the family and all the extras that have come along with that which is really really nice i've also been able to have more real conversations with mum and dad about everything you know my sisters now know all about it which is really nice my friends you know very close to me know this story as well and some already knew from prior because I you know I get drunk and be like I think this is the case when I was like 16 17 but I never really spoke on it too much so I don't think it came to be much of a shock to people when I kind of did share it with them if they were like my closest friends so I would have to kind of say like this asking this question and putting it out there was one of the most daunting things I've ever had to do and the most nerve-wracking and it had the most fear like kind of around it but by doing it has been the most liberating thing it has made the relationship with my mom and my dad so much better I don't feel like anyone's hiding anything. I don't feel like I can't ask questions because I am so normally the person that will be like, I hate confrontation, but I can't not ask a question. Like I can't just sit with something and be like, oh, you know, I wonder if that's going to happen or I wonder, I just have to ask it. So for me not to have asked questions for so long, it was really kind of affecting, you know, me as a person because I was like, why can't I ask this question? Like, what is it something so bad that I can't know about it? Um, 
there is a whole another layer you know to everything but the gist of it is that and this is exactly why I started the podcast almost like a sense of my own therapy I guess you could say a, a means to be able to be like that's something that happened I'm not gonna hold that as like exactly who I am it's just a piece of my puzzle and we all have so many pieces that eventually make up our whole picture. And by no means am I on here like, you know, as a, a sub story or trying to share, you know, to get sympathy or anything like that because I have the most incredible life, family and friends, and I really am so blessed with everything I have because I now have like an even bigger family, which is just what I've always wanted. I love, like I'd love to have a huge big family. So what I have gotten out of this is I needed to have had a voice earlier on. I needed to ask the questions earlier on, even though they felt tough, I wasted a lot of time shutting my mouth and not asking questions when I really should have. And I should have stripped the fear and the judgment and the, you know, terror away from it and just kind of owned it and been like, is this the case? Is this happening? So I guess what I'm hoping by sharing my story is if there's any of you out there that have your own little, you know, side story, your piece of your puzzle that is kind of holding you back in a way and not allowing you to really connect with the people that you know you love the most because you're fearful of the answers then I say ask the questions have those tough conversations because what do you have to lose you know those people if it's coming from a place of love and compassion and care and kindness they have to see that. And that's 100% what my mum and dad have totally seen is I don't ask to be like nosy and bring things up and judge up old feelings. I just ask because I'm curious and I ask because it's a piece of who I am and it hasn't changed, you know, how much love I have from anybody. I know that I have that and that was never a question of mine. My question was simply, you know, I need to explore this whole other piece to me so that I can feel whole and so that I can start to put myself back together in a way that's more authentic and more real. So, yeah, it's like really funny trying to even just to like speak this story out loud and like kind of re-go through it. I just get like shaky and nervous and like emotional about it, even though I'm like, yeah, no, I've dealt with it. I'm good. And I have, like, I'm doing so, so good now. Um, But, yeah, it's so funny how, like, still that, you know, fear is still attached to talking about these things. And by, you know, speaking about it, I just want to let it go and I want to share it so that, you know, if there was anyone else that kind of, you know, had the same kind of challenges or is just going right now through a challenge and they are fearful to ask the question, just allowing them to know that, you should ask it. And, you know, I I live in a completely blessed life and by no means has this, um, you know, made it hard or anything like that. It's just different now. And I can just kind of look at myself differently. I can be a little kinder with myself. I can understand my relationship with my parents a little bit more. I can understand my relationship with people around me. You know, I can definitely try and view myself in a, a different way as well now. And I think by having the confidence to have a voice and speak up, it definitely um, it definitely allows me to be more of who I am 
because it has been a big challenge. And that's why at the start I kind of mentioned that my biggest fear and my greatest asset is my voice. So my biggest fear was asking those questions because of the what ifs. The what if, you know, the answer is something I don't want to hear, but I desperately needed to. Um, So I guess then the flip side of that is my voice now. Having found it and having found something that I really love being able to share um, really allows me to kind of approach life in a whole different way. And by sharing this story, I kind of had to because I can't expect people to come on here and, you know, share their challenges um, and share what shaped them as a human being on this earth without kind of giving you a backstory to who I am. And trust me, this story has been sitting inside me for a long time. And then as soon as I kind of was like, I'm making a podcast, I'm acting, I'm not going to sit passively back in life, I'm going to share my story. It even now has taken me like weeks to kind of be like, I need to share this because this was meant to be like the first story that came out was mine. And then I was like, no, can't do it. That's too daunting. I'm way too vulnerable. My vulnerability hangover is going to be wild the next day. And it very well may. It very well may be very daunting tomorrow, you know, when I'm recording this and like redoing it and editing it. And then I'm submitting it on, you know, ready for Sunday. I very well may absolutely be like, oh my God, what did I do? Like I put the most vulnerable part of me out into the world for everyone to listen to and there ain't no taking that back. Once it's heard, it is heard. And, you know, there'll be the, you know, what do mum and dad think and what do my friends and family think and, you know, have I done the right thing? And at the end of the day, it's just my words. It's just me sharing just me releasing and just me like kind of having my own form of therapy on here allowing myself to talk it through process it and just not kind of hold it inside too long anymore and just let it go which is just really nice so yeah that's pretty much me in a very small fast-paced nutshell And obviously, as these podcasts go on, you'll get to know, you'll get little, you know, nuggets of wisdom along through and you'll get random sharing all the way through. And obviously, you're going to have incredible people coming on over the next few episodes as well. And, you know, I'll keep kind of as I'm feeling the need to share, I definitely will, because that's kind of what this is, just me kind of getting on and having a bit of a chat as well. I really have noticed that I say so a lot. Like at the start of everything, it's like so, so. Like how else do you open a little podcast session? I really don't know. So if you've got any tips for that, let me know because I listened back to the last couple and I was like so, 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 and it's really repetitive. Um, So yeah, that see, again, so. (laughs) So please let me know if there's any other ways that I can uh, fix that because that would be fabulous. But that's pretty much me done. I wanted to jump on, do it, get it done, put it out there, edit it as in like just put it in the sequence that it needs to go in and then schedule it to come out on Sunday, have my story out there. Obviously, if you have any questions, feel free to ask them because that's what this is kind of all about. And I hopefully will be having some really incredible people Um, on the podcast over the next few sessions as well kind of moving away from it being just all about me because it's not like just Beck show Um, I really want it to be 
a quite collaborative space and um, I've got some really exciting ventures coming up so I'll definitely get to share those little bits with you as well but that is me thank you again so much for tuning in to my little crazy podcast that I've been working on here I really am super thankful Um, you honestly have no idea how freeing this is for me to get on and just have a bit of a chat with everyone and then hear your love and support um, that follows as well it just honestly means the absolute world to me so if you are listening and you are on and you have subscribed please know that I am eternally grateful for it I hope you have the most incredible week and I will catch you next time see you guys So I kind of want to base this podcast off of an idea that kind of downloaded to me when I was in the shower. And I swear, I get the most clarity when I'm in the shower. I don't know about you, but I definitely kind of just have things come to me when I'm in there, probably because I've only got a shower and I can't think about anything else other than, you know, nothingness and everything kind of just downloads to me while I'm in there. And I was thinking about this thought of self-sabotage and self-love and how opposite ends of the scale they sit and yet how much I very much have tried to kind of figure out both of them. And I kind of came to the idea that self-sabotage for me personally came in two forms, professionally and personally. Starting with personally, I very much so have self-sabotaged my way through the three major relationships in my life. Personally, I have had one, when I was in high school, I had my high school boyfriend who I was with for quite a long time. The second one was someone who I deeply loved and adored and it just never, timing was right. And the last person was someone that I always knew was never going to love me how I needed to be loved or really love me at all, to be honest with you. I had to change a lot to kind of become the person that they wanted me to be. So... Looking back on it now, I kind of can have that much more clarity and know that, you know, my high school boyfriend, I self-sabotaged because I really didn't think I was worthy of being loved as much as he really did love me when we were young. Um, And obviously, as you grow and change, things happen. But I kind of sabotaged that by not allowing myself to be completely in it. And I very much kind of pushed him away and made it seem like he was doing something wrong, but he wasn't. It was just me kind of dealing with all the stuff that I had going on and not knowing who I was and not feeling worthy of being loved that much. And so that ended and I was heartbroken. I was back and forth a lot in that relationship and I very much wanted it to work, but I also knew we were just such different people. And, you know, I took off overseas and I traveled and, I tried to find myself there and I feel like I did Um, and then I kind of whilst I was traveling had that you know aha moment of oh my gosh I'm I'm madly in love with this other person and I've loved them for so long and I think they're just such an incredible person and I tried to kind of force that situation then and I think he kind of wanted to and tried to as well but again the timing was just never right And it just kind of fell to the wayside and I felt like we kind of ended up hurting each other, right? He ended up hurting me a little bit as well. And I just, that wasn't right and it wasn't right for me. So then, you know, I moved up north and 
you know, was about to leave and then met this incredible man and he was unlike anyone I'd ever met. He was unique and he was passionate and he was creative and he was wild and he was just, he was unlike anyone I'd ever known. And I was just so awestruck by him. And I was like, this is the person I I am. Like I found myself, I am who I'm supposed to be with this man. And I totally did um, kind of evolve and change a lot for the better, I feel, being with him but he made it very clear that he was unable to love me and he didn't want the same things that I wanted. And I very much kind of tried to transform myself and and kept really pushing through a lot of really difficult times um, with him to see if that would work. And at the end of the day, I had to kind of very sadly walk away from that, even though my heart was completely in it, his wasn't. And as I've kind of grown and evolved, I've realized that through it all, I kind of allow myself to kind of get immersed in these people that I'm dating and or I'm in a relationship with because I want them to love me, but I'm not showing up as who I truly am. So who they're really loving is some kind of like a facade, really, because I'm not remaining myself. I'm mixing and molding and changing. And I know you do that, do that in a relationship, but not to the extent that I was doing it. I was willing to give up a lot of my non-negotiables for, you know, some of these guys to have a different life, to have a life that I thought that I should live rather than a life that I truly, you know, wanted and, and needed. Um, and, you know, after a lot of time spent in different various, you know, sound healings and different, um, you know, hypnotherapies and different things I've tried at all, I kind of came to the realization that I just don't love myself. I didn't love myself enough to have the faith that who I am is a a really amazing person. And by meeting the right person, I really, I will show up as myself and they will love and embrace every part of that. And there will be no masks or hiding or changing and trying to be someone that I'm not. So that's when the whole self-love kind of comes into it because I really think that everyone's on this movement of oh, self-love is just, let's put a face mask on and I'll do, you know, a bubble bath and that's me showing myself self-love. I really, truly think that that's a byproduct of self-love. That's just things that you can do to make yourself feel good. I really believe that self-love is showing up and genuinely looking yourself in the eyes, in the mirror and going, I love you so much even when you are in your darkest moments, even when you are hating what you look like, loathing yourself completely for some, you know, something stupid you've done or, you know, really just having a really terrible day. It's looking yourself in the eyes and going, I love you regardless of any of your external flaws because who you are on the inside is a truly miraculous, amazing person. And I personally think that that, that is self-love. Self-love is loving yourself when you really don't feel like you can show up for yourself anymore. And I know what it feels like to be like that. And I know what it now feels like to be able to look at myself in any form and kind of go, you're an amazing person that is worthy of being loved exactly how you want to be loved. And you are having so much love to give to these people So why not keep showing up as yourself and why keep trying to hide yourself behind these layers of falseness or trying to change yourself in some way that is not exactly who you are. So self-love is not, to me, self-care. 
Self-love is digging deep and genuinely showing up for yourself in every single moment of the day, regardless of what other people think or say, and not changing who you are completely. Allowing yourself to love every flaw, every imperfection, because that is just who you are. It's your soul having a human experience in this body, and your body will adapt and change over time. And I mean, you look at these beautiful women who have babies and their bodies change and, you know, they take so much self-loathing in and it's thinking like your body just did the most miraculous miracle possible. And like, you should look at yourself and your body as like something to love and cherish and honor because your like soul on the inside, it should be shining through regardless of the external um, factors of your body. So I really think that self-sabotage and self-love, even though I feel like they sit at the opposite end of the scale, they kind of almost join hands, almost in that like yin and yang way. For me, self-sabotage was that feeling of not being worthy enough or not being like able to show up as who I truly am or not feeling that I could be loved in a way that I really wanted to and needed to and kind of pushed people away and kept people at arm's length because that was the easier thing to do. Whereas like after kind of delving through the layers, I can generally look at myself now and go, you're an amazing person. You have so much to offer. You have such a kind heart and you genuinely love, you know, from, you know, boots and all, like I jump in and I will literally do anything for the people that I love. And I think that's an amazing quality. And there's so many of us that really have such amazing qualities that we're not even allowing ourselves to fully release them out of fear that, you know, someone's going to say something or judge something of us. Self-love comes from something deeper and it should not be up for question or being able to be judged or negotiated or spoken about because you at the end of the day know your true self.